the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. We have a great lineup, a great show for you today. We're going to take a break today from John, and we've been having a lot of questions recently on on rapture, what it really means. Is it the same thing as the second coming? So we, we will be going into that in the latter part of the show. But today we have some incredible people that, listen, drive all the way from San Diego to, to Oceanside to go to church. That sounds crazy, but they're amazing. They're awesome. It's the Dietz family. You have Michael, his wife, Nicole, and Asher, and I'm going to ask you guys a little bit. Just tell me a little bit, one at a time, uh, about your family. Nicole, we'll start with you. Yeah, so we are we love going to Oceanside to be you know praise and worship our Lord together. Amen. Our oldest son Joshua is not here today, but he plays guitar as well, and it's music is definitely ingrained in our DNA. <laughs> Amen. And um, so our family is very much focused on worshiping God and. And doing that, you know, with the gifts that he's given us through music. That's amazing. Michael, tell us a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, so my name is Mike and, you know, I'm the dad of the family, of course. <laughs> and so we drive up uh, from San Diego. I think it's been about roughly seven years seven now. Seven years. Um, we started going at the beginning of this church. Uh, it's, it's a really close family. We love it a lot. Uh, so it makes it really easy to make the drive. Um, worshiping is just a benefit of going to this church. Tradition. We love it a lot, and we're happy to pass it on to our, our son, Asher, here, who also joins us quite often. Amen. Asher, what do you have to see a little bit about your family and church? Um, We love God. We love to worship Him, and we love worship, singing His songs and worshiping God. And we're a whole family of God, and we love Him. Amen. That's awesome, Asher. You are phenomenal. You know, I believe the next revival— is coming from little people like you and young people in high school and those that are just beginning college. But today, I want you to bless the audience, all of these folks that are listening with a song. And I think you're going to sing for us, right? Asher and your family is going to be right behind you. Let's go, Asher. Here we go, folks. Great are you, 
Listen, if you just tuned in, tuned in, you are here with Freedom with Adam Riojas. Wasn't that amazing, those that are listening now? And I'm going to start asking with a question with you first, Asher. How old are you? I'm 11 years old. 11 years old and you can sing like that. 
Wow, you know, at our church, they call you Baby Wickham. <laughs> you are amazing. Thank you so much. So what inspired you to start singing? I don't know. I just loved how it, I just loved, like, like I just loved how it felt, and I love worshiping God, and I just, like, love singing. It is my passion, and I love how it feels. Wow, thank you, Asher, for that. Thank you so much. Let me ask Michael a question. You know, your whole family is talented. And, you know, we're blessed at the church, you know, at the Cross Church, Oceanside, to have you guys there. You guys are amazing. Um, Did you know you were going to marry someone who was also, a, could sing and could worship? And I mean, because you've obviously been instrumental for a long time. And I heard you were even in a, and in, in was it a punk band before you actually gave your life to the Lord? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. So I played music since, I started playing guitar when I was, 13 years old. So it's I'm 44 right now. Wow. Um, and I play bass and a little bit of drums. So going back to that question, I had no idea when I met Nicole that she could sing. It was just <laughs> an accident. So wow. if anything, I think the Lord put us together Amen. for that reason. Amen. Uh, because it was a nice surprise afterwards to learn, wow, she can, she can sing. Wow. Um, and even to the point when we got married, she actually recorded a song for, for me for our wedding. You know, and at wow. that point, it kind of solidified the fact that, wow, she can really, really sing almost to the point where I'm intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. You guys are amazing. Thank you, Michael. Nicole, let me ask you a question. You know, you're the mom and I know you have a lot um, of or you're part of this family and I know you have a big voice in this family. I know you and Michael work together, but how does it feel to have, you know, a husband who who plays guitar and bass and, you know, very instrumental. And then you have a son now who plays, is it the guitar? And, and Asher, who's this amazing singer. And you're the mom and you have an incredible voice as well. And we're going to hear you sing a little bit down the, down the line on, in this show. But tell me a little bit, how does that all fit in your life? And how do you make this happen? I mean, it's just God, right? I mean, when, when... It's funny, people joke around and say, you know, when you meet that person that you're supposed to be with, you know, you just knew. And, and I never believed that that actually happened. Uh, I don't know why. And and then <clears throat> when I met Mike, something in me was like, oh, this is the one. And I can't explain it. I don't, I think it was God speaking to my heart. Amen. Amen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it just, and I was like, oh my gosh, this actually really does happen. And I was like, I can't be real, you know? <laughs> but I mean, when I think about the way that we constructed, I know it was from God and I could have never imagined, I mean, this is, would have been a dream, you know, thinking prior to meeting him and knowing that I would have a whole family that that loves something that I love so much and that my husband loves so much. I mean, it's just, it's it's just God. Wow, like praise God. <laughs> you know, I, I am, uh, I, I, I'm so, I feel fortunate and I feel blessed that you guys go to at the cross Oceanside and, you know, right from get go, um, I remember Asher that you and my daughter became instant friends and, and tell me a little bit about that friendship. Um, like we, we just bonded. We like, we saw each other and then we just ran off and we just ran off and we, just became big friend, good, really good friend. Bella's an amazing person, and I just like I like her so much as a friendship. We just have an amazing friendship, and I just like it a lot. And she's an amazing person. Hey Amen. You guys are awesome, Michael. Um, you know you're you're an incredible person as well. You're on the, on the worship team at at the Cross Oceanside, and so is your wife. And Asher occasionally, you know, does a, a song there, but. Uh, what is the ultimate goal? You guys have a, a worship family. Is there any like, like visions or something that you're looking forward to, to doing with your incredible family? Uh, well, the media goals is to keep on worshiping. Amen. You know, you know, when we talk about music, it's really not satisfying when you're not when you don't have a worship component to it. You know, so being in in music for many years, but then just being on the worship team for maybe what six years yeah i just feel a lot of satisfaction that way you know and so i it's all about what what does the lord want me to do and right now i feel like it's worship worship you know and i, and I just listen to that where does he want me next 
Amen. I think right now it's at the at the cross, and it'll continue to be that. Amen. Um, so I think you know that's the immediate focus. In the long term, it's really raising up our son, mm-hmm. keeping him interested, doing these things. Amen. Uh, playing music, positive stuff. You know, worshiping. Um, I think that's a real big focus for both my wife and I. So. That's awesome. Um, let me ask you a, a question, Nicole. Before you know, we have you sing and they get to see what an incredible worshiper you are. Um, you obviously, uh, um, what I know about your family is you guys are a very close-knit family. Um, you travel a lot. You guys take a lot of vacations, which is really good. I think that's the best thing you can do for a family. But tell me a little bit about what happens. What you know? How did you guys begin to do what you do? You know, it's it's interesting because I, I have this feeling like you know life life does go by quickly, right? It's, it, we're not it we're, we're not here very long, and and um, thankfully, like our family really enjoys to make enjoys making memories versus buying things. Like we mm-hmm. don't buy a lot of things, toys, etc. It's like we, my oldest son, he loves to hike and he wants to see every literally every mountain I think in the world. Wow, <laughs> and and so. I'm thankful for that because then we we get to spend this time together, you know, being family. Sometimes it's very stressful, um, but it's also very fun. They, we connect on a deeper level, and and um, that's the stuff that's going to stick with us. Things pass away, you know, um, but the memories and the bonds that we're building um, that won't leave. And so I'm very I'm very thankful for that. That's amazing. That's great encouragement for those that it, those of you that are listening. This is a family that's stay together, stays together, worships together, and and does a bunch of things together, and it keeps you together. That's that's awesome. Um, hey, if you just tuned in, you're here with Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we are about to bless you and bless me as I'm in the studio to hear Nicole and the family lead us in a song right now. Awesome. So this song is called Revival, and Asher and I love to sing it together, which is why we chose it. And the words are extremely powerful, which first and foremost is to, you know, praise and worship our Lord. Amen. Only you, only you can heal our land. Our wandering hearts, these prodigals we are, don't wait, don't wait. Open up the heavens, pour out your presence. We want to see revival. Bring us back to you. Starving hearts, these hungry souls of ours, we wait, oh, we wait. Open up the heavens, pour out your presence, we want to see revival. Bring us back to you, oh, how we need you to. Wanna see revival? Oh, 
We wanna see people changed. We wanna see revival, revival. We wanna see mercy win. The hopeless to hope again. Oh, we wanna see revival, revival. We wanna see lives restored. Your presence, we want to see revival. Bring us back to you. Oh, how we need you too. We want to see revival. Open up the heavens, pour out your presence. We want to see revival. Bring us back to you. Oh, how we need you too. We want to see revival. Wow. Praise the Lord. That was anointed. That was amazing. Wow. That was pretty powerful. Nicole, where did you get a voice like that? <laughs> I think literally from my mom. <laughs> Amen. Your mom worships. She's a worshiper as well. Amen to that. That's a great... Mom's going to love you now. You earned a brownie button. <laughs> Asher, let me ask you a question. Where do you see yourself? I know you're only 11, but where do you see yourself? I'm going to just take a number. Where do you see yourself after graduating from high school and you know, coming out this intelligent, smart man and with a voice that you have, what do you see yourself continuing to do? Probably um, continuing more music and I'm probably, um, I'm probably going to just continue more music and worshiping God and, and that type of stuff. Amen. Can we expect an album from you one day? Hopefully. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let me ask you a question, Michael. This is your family. You have a pretty amazing family. How does that make you feel inside, you know, with, you know, knowing that God is King, Lord, and Savior, and he's done this incredible thing with your family? How does that, I mean, what does that do to you? Um, well, I feel real thankful, you know. Again, I... There are times where I, I go, God, why me? You know, why did you bless me this way? You know, yeah. um, because I recognize that this is a very special family for me. So I have to get past that, though. And, and, and rather than do that, I go, Lord, thank you every day. Thank you for this family. Thank you so much. Let me know what I can do for you for giving me such a, you know, blessing me with such a wonderful family. So. Amen. Praise the Lord. Here's just a really simple question. And, and you know, Audiences are always looking and those listening to the radio, um, a quick word of encouragement that you want somebody to hear right now. Michael? Uh, it's as cliche as it may sound, never give up. Amen. Um, just keep trying. Um, there's always going to be a way. It may not be the way that you want it, but it's not what you want. It's what God wants. Amen. So sometimes you just have to listen and, and, and follow. Amen. Nicole, quick word of encouragement. Yeah. I think sometimes when we are going through hard times, we, we often are in our own thoughts. But God is there. He, he cares about every little thing, whether it's a small issue or big issue. And if we, need, if we need anything, we can always go to him first. Amen. Asher, give us a quick word of encouragement. Um, never give up. Keep on trying. And, and eventually... You will get there. It just is in God's timing. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I I, I feel so honored and blessed that um, you guys came on the radio today. And, you know, I believe God has so much more for your family. And I, I completely believe that, that you and your mom will probably, and your dad will probably 
and even Josh will probably put a, uh, an album and, and bless everybody. But I think that's coming sooner than you believe because you're, you guys are amazing. I mean, God has done a great thing with you guys and that's powerful. That's beyond any human comprehension that I can comprehend it sometimes when I see what God is doing. And and listen, we love you guys and thank you for listening and don't go away. We will be right back. God bless you. We love you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Welcome back to the show. This latter part is amazing today. We've been having a lot of questions about the end days and whether the rapture and the second coming are the same event. And today we want to clarify that for you. We want you to make sure that you know that you know what the Bible teaches. And so we're going to take a break from the book of John. And um, next week, we will again pick it up with John chapter 15. But today, you are going to know the difference. And so he, he, he who has an ear, let him listen or hear what the Spirit has to say. So I want to make sure that we you clearly understand today that the rapture is a different event from the second coming of Jesus Christ. And let me give you some evidence. So if you have a Bible or you are just listening, we are going to begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. Uh, and as we begin to read, I, I, this is what the Bible says about the rapture, but it's in other places. Here we go with verse 13 of chapter 4 in Thessalonians. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So right off the bat, we see an instruction. God does not want you to be ignorant, not today and not never. 14 says this, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep or have died in Jesus will God bring with them. That verse, I need you to look at it closely because it's saying that when he comes back, he's bringing those that have died in Christ back with him. And as we read, you will see why he's doing that. 15 says this, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord should not prevent them which are asleep which or which have died. Now, what it's saying is that the dead in Christ will rise first as we continue to read. And why is that? Because he's bringing those that have died already in Christ back with him. And what rises from the ground is the body that was put to death. Remember, the body is like a tent. The body is not who you are. It's what makes you function. It's what gives you life here on planet Earth. But what rises from the ground is that dead body. He uses all that composition, all everything he used to make them meet at the same time and a brand new body happens like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Lord himself 
shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead body shall rise, because when you die in Christ, Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What that means is when he brings back those that have died in Christ, he raises that dead body to glorify it, like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Then 17 of Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now, that word caught up in the Greek is harpazo. When it was first translated from harpazo, from the Greek into Latin, it was translated rapturo. That's where we get our word rapture. So many of you are probably saying, that word is not in the Bible. It is. The translation of caught up is rapturo, where we get our word rapture. In the Greek, again, it's harpazo. In English, it's caught up, violently caught up, snatched up is what that word means, together with him in the clouds. In the clouds, listen what it says, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so that so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, this is a great instruction. Wherefore, Comfort one another with these words. These words are meant to comfort you. These words are meant to give you hope that God has an event planned for his church. For those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you're listening now, don't know Jesus. It's not by coincidence. It's very simple. It's so simple that people think it's crass. It's here. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose on the third day. Be my God. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And then the next is confession from your mouth that says, forgive me, Jesus. And that makes you brand new. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have come, you didn't commit a crime that can't get you into heaven. You, you aren't the most awful person on planet earth. Whatever you have done, when you come to Jesus, he forgives you. And then you're part of this, these people that God one day, and I believe it's very close where he takes us to heaven. Now, the rapture, the getting caught up, the being with the Lord without dying has always been in scripture. Listen, in Genesis 5, 22 to 24, when the world was very young at that time. Now, most of you probably don't know this, but the early part of the world only lasted about 1600 years. How do we know? Because we can look at the genealogies in Genesis and know that for a fact. In Genesis 5, 22 to 24, we see the first guy that is taken into heaven without ever having to die. And guess what? He's a Gentile. He hasn't yet called Abraham, which is after the flood. So there's no Jews at this time. There's one people and, and it's, there's one language, but he takes Enoch. Enoch walked with God and he was no more. God took him. Genesis 5, 22 to 24. And some of you are saying, well, that's only one guy. Well, after the flood, he took another guy. And you can look at 2 Kings 2, 11, And guess who that guy was? Elijah. Elijah. Now, remember those two men. They've never experienced death. Now, what's really interesting about Scripture it's, is is that it's amazing. We can look in Isaiah chapter 26, 17 to 21. And, you know, I want to read that to you. We don't have a lot of time today, but I believe that would be one scripture or this little area for you and I to know and to read together. Isaiah 26, 17 to 21 says this, like as a woman with child that draweth near, the time of her delivery is in pain, and crieth out in her pangs to have, have we been in thy sight, O Lord? Look what 18 says. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought or we have done anything in deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. What's up, God? And then 19 says this. Remember, Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus. And this was written 700 and 
maybe up to 800 years before John wrote the book of Revelation. Look what it says. The dead men shall live together with my dead body. What does that mean? That means that if you died knowing God, you're going to live with that resurrected body. Because remember, Jesus was crucified. And it says, they shall arise Awake, sing ye that dwell in the dust, for the dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. 20 says this, come my people, enter thou thy into my chambers. Now, this chamber is special, because what he's saying is, I'm going to keep you safe for this period of time. You need to be here with me, and shut the doors about thee, hide thyself as if for a little moment, until the indignation be Overpass. You know what that indignation is? It's the tribulation and the great tribulation, the last three and a half years. The church will not go through that. We see it early, 700 years, at least 800 before John wrote Revelation, at least 750 years before Paul, the apostle Paul, wrote Thessalonians. Look what it says, 21. For behold, the earth cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants. Of the earth for their iniquity, the earth shall also disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. We are close to this great event happening. Jesus is coming back soon for his people. You know, many people today in churches, many people just openly are saying that the rapture doesn't even exist, that we have to go, that it's his second coming, that the church is going to experience great wrath, great tribulation. The church was not appointed to wrath. Yes, the wrath of man, but not the wrath of God. And the wrath of God is what comes upon the world the last seven years. Listen, if you just tuned in, you are here with freedom with Adam Riojas. And we're going through scripture so that you and I would know the difference between the rapture, um, the harpazo, the great catching up, the snatching away of the church, and the difference between that and the second coming of Jesus. Revelations 3.10 says this, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which which shall come upon some of the world. Some of you are saying, wait, it doesn't say some of the world. It says all of the world. That's the great tribulation. That's the seven-year tribulation that Daniel spoke about. And Jesus confirmed again in Matthew chapter 24 to try them that dwell upon the earth. That's what he's saying, to try everybody upon the earth. Now, When we look into the book of Revelation, we see that after chapter 3, and and what we just read right now was the sixth church of the seven churches that there's a message to. The last church isn't a Christian church. It's a combination of all the religions of the world, and that's the religion that will be in the in the great tribulation, and we know that because Jesus is standing at the door knocking. He's no longer in the church. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and he that opens the door, I, I will come into him and sup with him. I will dine with him. He's no longer in the church. The other churches, they always had a rebuke. The, the sixth church, the Philadelphia church, sounds like us. We're, we're still there. We're still listening. We're a little lukewarm, but we're still there. In, in chapter 4, we now see a window open as John is called into heaven. And here is what is interesting. In 4, remember when they first wrote Revelation, when John wrote it, it had no numbers, no chapters. Chapter 4 and 5 seem to be uh, together. It talks about the church now being in heaven. And, and it talks about the 24 elders. Some of those 24 elders believe the 24 elders symbolize the church alone. No, there's actually 24 elders there. I believe that it's the 12 uh, uh, original um, tribes from Israel. And the, tw- and the other 12 are the 12 disciples that follow Jesus. That's 24. That's perfect government. To the Jews and to the Gentiles. It speaks to all of us. And so now in five and five and four and five, you see the church there. Let me read you just a little section of what Revelation five 
8 and 12 says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty hills fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of orders, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. He's talking about redeemed people in heaven at, in, right there. Redeemed people in heaven. He's redeemed us from every nation. John is looking. How does he recognize all these people? Well, obviously he's being told what it is. And he, and as he's looking, he, he, uh, he sees different nations. He sees different colors. He sees different faces. He's able to distinguish that it's from many nations. That's the church. That's the church that's there with them. It has made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. It's very obvious that chapter 4 and 5, is the scene is now in heaven. John is a time traveler. He goes into the, uh, into the future, and he's actually watching these events happen. He's seeing it happen. In verse 6, we see something horrific begin to happen. The seals are open. The seals are open. And this is the first three and a half years where we see this happening. And it's, it's insanity, pure insanity what happens. Now, the first seal is a white horse. I believe it's a false messiah that's going conquering to conquer. I believe he's the one setting up the stage to call himself God at the middle of the tribulation, which scripture teaches. But as we go along, some actually believe it's Jesus. I don't see that happening because he's conquering. And it's a horse that's been released and its rider is conquering. I believe it's a false Messiah. This all happens during the tribulation. The second seal is open and it's a white horse. And and, I'm sorry, excuse me. It is now a red horse and it takes peace from the earth. And guess what? What begins to happen? People begin to kill each other. You think crime is bad in New York? You think crime is bad in Chicago? You think crime is bad in Los Angeles and in other areas of our country? You have not seen nothing at the great... When the tribulation begins, it is horrific. There is murder like you've never seen. Remember, there's 8 billion people on planet Earth. And so we're just seeing pockets. Imagine when there's no reason, no one telling them, hey, don't do that no more. No one's getting preached at. It's just chaos right now. The third seal is open. And here's what happened. A a horse, a, a, a black horse and its rider causes famine. That's in Revelation 6, 5 and 6. Revelation 6, 7 and 8. The fourth seal is open. A pale horse comes out, and that's death. That's death. A a fourth part of the earth is killed. A fourth part of the earth is killed with sword and hunger. With sword and hunger. The fifth seal is open. Revelation 6, 9, 11. Look what happens as the souls under the altar that are in heaven say, How long, Lord? You know, will you, will you avenge those that were killed for the word of God, for Jesus? Remember who the word of God is? It's Jesus. For those that testified uh, uh, for him. At, at this point, there's probably, we're probably at, at about 18 months into the, into the tribulation, 18 to two years. And, and we can clearly see that happening. And as we go, the sixth seal is open in 612 to 17. A great earthquake, earthquake happens. It seems like it's worldwide because it takes the star. It takes the islands and the mountains and they're all shook. A massive earthquake takes place. And in between that, what we see now is... The people yelling at this point, they know that this is the wrath of the lamb. And that's what they proclaim. And they want the rocks to fall upon them and instantly kill them. We also see in Revelation chapter 7 where he literally or 
seals all these 144 Jews that have been virgins, that have been upright. He seals them. And then what happens with this last seventh seal in Revelation chapter 8 is that we see that um, the seven trumpets are now released and these angels go out and begin to cast havoc. The first trumpet in eight, Revelations 8, 6 to 7, causes hail and fire mingled that kills a third of all the trees on planet Earth. You've seen fires before in California. You've seen nothing. This is a third of planet Earth of the trees catching on fire. There's probably a third of those in South America. I don't know if it's going to land there first, but this is what we see. The second trumpet sounds, and we see a mountain burning with fire cast into the sea. It could be a great eruption of this mountain that falls into the sea, and one-third of sea life is Dead, dead. And then the third trumpet sounds and a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamb um, falls up, falls upon all the fresh water and one third of the rivers and the fresh water is destroyed. The fourth trumpet sounds in, in Revelations 8, 12 to 13 and one third of the sun is smitten. One third of the sun is gone. And then you look in the moon, one third of the moon is gone as well. This is horrific. If you're listening now and you're a Christian, you're saved from this atrocity that's about to happen, the wrath of God. The fifth trip, the fifth trump sounds. A star falls from heaven and opens the bottomless pit, opens hell itself. And some of these angels that go out, out of there, they're like scorpions. They look to scorpions and they begin to sting people and people wish to die, but they cannot die at that point. They cannot die in that last five months. That's where we know that we're probably at 18 to two, almost two years. The sixth seal goes in and the, in the, the great Euphrates, an angel goes down and releases these wicked angels that Jude and Peter talk about. And they do this. They kill one third of humanity off at that point. The seventh trumpet sounds, and this is now close to the end of the three and a half years, and the temple of God is is seen, and then another great earthquake falls upon planet Earth. At this point, the Antichrist reveals himself and says he's God. And then, and then we see the total wrath of God, the vials of God that are poured upon planet Earth. In chapter 19 of Revelation, you see what Jesus' second coming looks like. He comes in a white horse, and, and, and he comes and he sets up the kingdom for a thousand years. And we know it's a thousand years because Satan is cast into the lake of fire. Isaiah speaks plainly about what takes place. Isaiah 65 and 66 and in other places of what takes place. Isaiah also says that in this place, if you died a hundred years, you died young. Thank you for listening. There is a difference between the rapture and the second coming. Nicole, will you do us the honor and close us in prayer? For this time, we thank you so much that you love us so deeply to provide this option for us not to be here on the earth when these terrible things take place. God, I pray that during this time that people that were listening were touched, um, that they draw near to you, that they hear your voice speak to them clearly, Father God. And we just ask a special blessing on on everyone. Um, we love you, Father. You're so good, and we praise you. And we ask this all in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. A- amen. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. And again, thank you for being here on today's show. Visit us at At The Cross Oceanside. Thank you. God bless you and restore you and strengthen you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, Go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas.
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday through Thursday, along with the Classical Conversation Community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for fall 2022. Visit them online at atthecrossoceanside.com. That's atthecrossoceanside.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 